Hello. This is the bonus podcast. Uh, Flash Forward is back, which means the bonus podcast is back, which is very exciting. Today's bonus uh, episode is in relation to the one that went up on Tuesday, the 14th, um, which is called Doomsday 2000 slash 2038 slash 2100. A very catchy name for that episode. Uh, And it's all about Y2K and the year 2038 and date problems and disaster preparedness and emergency management and all of that fun stuff. So, um, yeah. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm the host of the show. And this is the bonus podcast. Some of you are new. So just to kind of give you a little bit of a sense of what this will be like, the bonus podcast is every episode of the bonus podcast goes along with the regular episode. And it kind of gives you a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, some stuff I cut from the episode if I didn't have time, and then just some general sort of fun updates on the show. And then at the end of every bonus podcast, I always end with a very short uh, little secret about what's going on in my life. I hope you all are doing okay uh, out there. Uh, The other thing you should know about the bonus podcast is that it is mostly unscripted. So you'll hear me like realize that I don't know what to say next. (laughs) So um, here we are. Uh, I hope you're all doing okay um, uh, amidst the pandemic. I know that it is very scary and uncertain right now all over the world in lots of different places. Depending on where you are, it may seem more or less urgent and dire. Um... Like I said in the main episode, um, I don't have any pandemic episodes planned for this year. Um, We are going to travel to other timelines and talk about other things. Today's episode obviously did end with a note about the pandemic. So if there are future episodes where I think there is a thematic link, I will note it. But that is about all that you're going to get from me and from this show about COVID-19 Unless something huge changes and I feel like we should do an update episode, but it'll be a separate update episode. It won't be one of the main episodes. Um, I hope that the show can kind of provide a little bit of a distraction, a little bit of a respite for you amidst all of this, um, if that is what you need right now. Just one other quick housekeeping note. Um, This episode is the first one that I'm sending out using a new integration with Patreon. So hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing has changed for you. Hopefully this is the exact same method that you've gotten the show before. Nothing has changed. It comes into your podcast feed. Everything should be working. Um, If anything looks weird or anything sounds weird or there's anything like strange going on, please do tell me. Um, You can email me rose at flashforwardpod.com. In theory, nothing should change for you. Uh, It's only a change on my side. makes it a little bit easier to put out the show and also to actually see data on who's listening and not exactly who is listening. I can't see that, thankfully. Um, I'm not trying to track you. (laughs) But like how many people are listening to the episode and how long they're listening and that kind of stuff. So I can kind of get a sense for whether you like the podcast, um, how many people are listening within the different tiers and stuff like that. So um, so yeah, but if there is anything that looks weird or anything seems broken – um, let me know because I'm. it's new. This is a new method, so there may be some hiccups. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Okay, let's do the stuff that I cut from the episode first. Um, so it's two main things, and they both came from the same place originally, actually. So I was reading the Wikipedia page for year 2038 problem. Um, sometimes I start with Wikipedia as a place to begin, especially for things that I don't know very much about, so I can kind of get a general sense before I start going to original source material and following links and really diving into the research. Um, So I read through the, you know, entry and was reading, reading, reading. And then I get to the end of the Wikipedia page. And at the end of many Wikipedia pages, there is a section that says see also. And there are two things on the see also list for the year 2038 problem, both of which I think are weird and interesting and worth kind of getting into. So the first one, it says, 
Deep Impact is believed to have been lost at the time its internal clock reached 2 to the 32nd, 1 tenth seconds since 2000 on April 11th, 2013 at 38 minutes and 49 seconds UTC. Okay, what does that mean? So Deep Impact was a NASA probe that was launched in 2005 in an attempt to study the composition of a comet named Temple 1. And to do that research, they basically crashed this probe into the comet. Um, This is very impressive. It's a very challenging thing to do. You have a spacecraft and a comet both traveling at really high speeds pretty far away from you, and you have to kind of line them up correctly and get it to all work. And the fact that it did work was this big success. There are these great photos of everybody in the control room cheering. Um, There's also actually a really amazing uh, little gif of the uh, probe's perspective of landing on the comet, crash landing on the comet. And it is, for some reason, incredibly funny to me. I just sort of like watch it and imagine the the probe being like, ah! and then crashing, sort of like a cartoon or something. Um, anyway, I will share that. I'll put that in the notes for the, um, the bonus podcast here. And I'll also put it on our like social media pages and stuff. Um, there are actually a bunch of really cool images from Deep Impact that are out there. I'll put those also in the in the page and link to them so you can see them. They're they're really cool. Um, but anyway, once the probe did land and sort of did its thing, the scientists actually uh, put Deep Impact into this sort of extended sleep. So like a sleeping beauty, but a probe. And after its main mission, it was able to actually observe other comets and do other missions. And so that's all going great until 2013. So in early September of 2013, scientists lost contact with the probe. uh, And by the end of the month, by the end of September 2013, they basically just gave up entirely. They said the probe is lost. It's gone. It's dead. Um, And here's where the connection comes into the episode that you just heard. So the chief scientist of the Deep Impact mission said that the most likely culprit here was basically a year 2038 problem. So Deep Impact measured time not in seconds, but in tenths of seconds. That's the kind of precision that you need with these devices. And eventually that time number got to a number bigger than it could store and the probe crashed. The team did try to correct this issue from afar and sort of send update instructions for date storage to the probe, but by that point, uh, it had gotten confused, and they think that it had pointed the sort of solar wings that it had to sort of charge. They think they had pointed it the wrong way, which basically meant that it was no longer getting sun, which meant that it was no longer getting solar power, which meant that it went down for good. So that was the end of Deep Impact, and they think that it actually was foiled by a year 2038 problem, which is really interesting. So that is the Deep Impact note. And the second bullet point under C also on Wikipedia is the one actually, honestly, that really caught my eye. Um, it go, it said, I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. It says, John Titer, comma, alleged time traveler who is sometimes related to the problem. Alleged time traveler, you say? I'm listening. So I dug into this story and it's really weird and pretty convoluted and I will not get too deep into the exact back and forth. There's this really great long piece on Thrillist that has a ton of details. I'll link to that. I'll link to a couple of other places if you really want to like get deep in on the story. But I do want to give you the basic gist because it is very interesting. So in July of 1998, the radio show Coast to Coast got a fax from an alleged time traveler. So if you are not familiar with Coast to Coast, it is a somewhat legendary radio show hosted by Art Bell that is all about paranormal stuff. So obviously time traveling fits in here. So this time traveler faxes Art Bell a message, uh, 
if I were a time traveler, I would absolutely be faxing all my messages. Uh, And the original message is pretty long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will read the main first bit of it. Okay, it says, Dear Art, I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn your singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. Okay, so then John Titor goes on and on to make some predictions, including the following. So this is, again, reading from the facts. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. 2. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. 3. A power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. 4. A few years later, communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. China takes Taiwan, Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. The facts continues to go on from there. You can read the whole thing. I'll link to it. So this is the first time John Titor shows up. And then a few years later, this John Titor character shows up again. And this time he's posting in the online forums for both Art Bell's Coast to Coast radio show, the one that he faxed into, and to the forums for the Time Travel Institute, which is still a thing. And they even sell merchandise so you can get a nice Time Travel Institute sweatshirt. So this John Titor person starts to post on these forums, and eventually he gets a lot of attention. He gets enough attention that he's doing things like interviews with Hustler magazine. And early on, one of the big things that Titor is warning about at the time is Y2K, saying like, hey, if we don't do anything, there's going to be this huge destruction, nuclear winter, really, really bad. Um, And in fact, today, some John Titor fans who do exist on the internet sort of like credit him with instilling enough fear that people did something about Y2K, which I think is probably untrue. Other people argue that John himself actually edited the timeline to prevent Y2K using his time travel machine. I think that is even less likely than the idea that he is the one who got people to care about Y2K. But you know what? You can go investigate for yourself and decide what you believe. So for years and years, even after 2000 wound up not being this sort of chaos thing that John Titor predicted, um, he would post on these forums and talk about his time travel machine and he would make predictions and some people believed him and other people thought it was just sort of like a funny, weird thing. Eventually, John Titor did reveal that he had sort of a mission, um, and his mission was to go back in time and retrieve this computer, a very specific computer, the IBM 5100, which is a computer that was one of those early portable computers, really heavy, first released in 1975. And John Titor claims that he needs this very specific computer because he had to use it in particular to debug this 
very vague future system in the year 2036. Now, some John Titer analyzers uh, say that that year, the 2036 year, is actually a reference to the 2038 problem and that he had to get this computer so that he could go and fix those problems. But Titer himself never actually mentions the 2038 problem, so we don't really know, um, and it's unclear. Now, at least one artist has claimed that they know who the people were behind this whole John Titer persona. Um, but the original creators of John Titer, someone who actually sort of like had a hand in it, as opposed to this person who claims to be a consultant, um, have yet to reveal themselves. There have been speculations about who it was. There are a couple of stories trying to kind of deduce who it probably was or probably wasn't, but no one has actually taken credit for this thing. Uh, and today, some people, there are some people online who still believe that this was a real time traveler. Um, so I will link to some stuff about this in case you really want to dive in deeper into the story. Uh, it is weird and fascinating and weird, <laughs> very weird, but I it's sort of a cool little rabbit hole to fall down um, uh, about weird internet stuff. So I'll link to a bunch of stuff about it if you so desire. Okay, those are the two things I cut from the episode for reasons you can probably see. They're not actually that relevant, but I thought they were interesting. Um, so that is uh, what, what was going to go in the episode and didn't. Um, as far as behind the scenes stuff goes for Flash Forward, obviously I'm working on the new season. Um, so new episodes are going to come out every other Tuesday. We are going back to the original format of the show. I know last year there was a new format where it was these little mini seasons around themes. I know I've mentioned on this bonus podcast before that that was sort of an experiment. Um, this year I'm going back to the sort of more traditional new episode every other week. They won't be linked up. There may be here and there little connections between them. Um, I do enjoy doing that. So if um, if you spot one, let me know. That could be considered a reference in the episodes that I put in. Um, but yeah, so we're going back to the sort of more regular format. Um, so yeah, this is the first bonus podcast to go with the first episode. We're starting up again. Um, it is a weird time to restart a show, um, especially a show that is not about coronavirus. Um, podcast listening data uh, right now that I've seen from a variety of sources suggests that podcast listening is sort of in flux. So it was down overall and then it was up overall and then it was down overall again. And it seems to, there seems to be differential impacts on different genres. So um, actually really interestingly, it seems as though from the data that I have seen that true crime podcasts are actually um, hurting worse than a lot of other genres. Um, maybe be, I, and this is some speculation, but maybe because people don't really want to hear about sad, depressing stuff right now, um, beyond the sad, depressing stuff that's actually happening in the world. Um, news, news podcasts are, are up. Um, so, you know, I know a lot of people have said that they don't want more news, but that data suggests that people are listening to news. It's hard to know where Flash Forwards fits into a lot of those categories because it does kind of, it does a lot of different things. It's not technically audio fiction and it's not technically a news show. It's sort of a science show. It's sort of a weird, it's in a weird category. So it will be interesting to see what happens when um, we, I get to analyze the data. Um, I am obviously nervous that no one's going to listen. Um, or that a lot less people are going to listen than used to listen because there's just so much going on in the world. Um, and 
as you know, um, podcast, uh, podcasts, many podcasts make their money, including this podcast, based on listener numbers, right? So advertisers buy things based on how many people they think are going to um, listen to the ad. And so if numbers drop, that means that we get to charge less for ads um, and also that there's just less money coming in um, in general. So so I do want to thank all of you who are donating to the show because it's truly um, this is the reason Pat- Patreon is the reason that I can continue to do the show and, and hopefully make it through the rest of this year, um, even while podcast ad sales are down, um, because I know that I have um, you folks to help continue funding the show. So um, I really, you know, I say this a lot that, you know, the podcast can't exist without patrons. And that's always true. Um, and it's especially true right now. So I really, really thank you for being a patron, um, listening to the end of this podcast episode and supporting the show. Um, even if you never hear this because you don't listen to the bonus episodes, that's totally fine. Um, and wherever you are, hopefully you can feel my thanks through the ether somehow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The other thing, the other big thing in Flash Forward Universe is that I handed in the book, the Flash Forward book. I handed it into the editors. Um, I handed it in a day early because it was like burning a hole in my brain and I was editing it and editing it to the point where I don't think it was making it better. So I just sent it in. Um, I'm really excited for you all to see it. It, it, The art, um, as you may know, it's a comic anthology plus, um, you know, written pieces, much like the podcast. There's going to be, you know, fictional bits at the top of each chapter that are all in comic form. And then I write a chapter afterwards. Um, It's 12 different artists all with really different styles um, and really different sort of points of view. And I'm super excited about it. It's looking really good. There is no, you know, I know people have asked for a pre-order link that does not exist yet, but trust me, as soon as it exists, I will yell about it (laughs) very loudly and I'll make sure you know. Um, And as soon as I can share sort of behind the scenes stuff beyond what I've already shared, I will absolutely do that. So um, if you go, there was a recent post I made on the Patreon page that has a couple of screenshots and a couple of um, images from from the book and from some of the artists, um, just to give you a taste. Um, but yeah, it's looking really cool. I'm super excited about it. Um, I, I can't wait to show it to you for you all to all see it because it's, um, it just feels like a great extension of the flash forward show and the universe. And it was really fun to bring in all these new artists that I'd never worked with before. Um, and I'm just really excited about it. So I hope that you like it when it comes out in spring 2021 is the sort of publication date right now. Um, Okay, that's pretty much it. That's all for the bonus podcast. Um, I always end these with a little secret. Um, It's funny, somebody who I will not name wrote to me saying they didn't really like the secrets at the end of every bonus episode because they're like, I don't really listen to the show to like know about you personally. And it's like weird that you're sharing personal stuff. So if you don't like this part, you can just turn the podcast off now, I guess. Um, But uh, the thing I will tell you about my like personal life right now uh, is that I got into playing a game for the first time in my whole life. I am not a gamer. It's always been my big nerd shame that I like don't really play games. Um, But my partner bought a Switch uh, to play Zelda, which looks beautiful and way too hard for me. And I decided to try to play Animal Crossing, which um, you may be familiar with, is a very uh, basic and pure, very, very gentle game about animals on an island. And um, I don't really know how to play games. So my version of playing Animal Crossing is doing very weird things. Like I built, I have a feud with Blathers, who's the 
owl who runs the museum who doesn't like bugs, even though ha- a third of his museum is ostensibly supposed to be for bugs. But if you ever give him a bug, he like gets really mad and grossed out. So I don't give him any of my bugs. I put them in my house where I have a bug only museum that has wallpaper on it that says no blathers allowed. Um, I also made a sacrificial egg gauntlet for Bunny Day, which won't make any sense to you if you don't know what Animal Crossing is. <laughs> so anyway, I've been tweeting about my Animal Crossing fun, and it's been really great. It's been kind of a nice distraction from the news. Um, so if you are also playing Animal Crossing, um, shout out to you. And if you're not, that's fine. Um, yeah, it's been a fun game. That's what I've been up to. Okay, that is pretty much it for today. Um, I hope you're all doing great. I hope that everything is chill wherever you are or as chill as possible. Um, And I hope you enjoyed the episode and the episodes that are coming up. Um, I have a surprise, exciting thing that I'm hoping you all will participate in for the five-year anniversary of Flash Forward, which is coming up on May 12th, which is very soon. It's like a month away, is the five-year anniversary of the show, which is truly wild. So um, I do have something fun planned, and I'm going to send you all a note about it separately um, so that you can participate because I think it'll be fun. Okay, that's it. Uh, Have a good rest of your day. Bye.